Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Very excited to have you with us today here in our last installment of the United Way series. That is what we're doing today. We're thankful for the opportunity. The show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. I want to tell you guys how to plug in with us before we get started, actually. If you don't mind, go to thehousinghour.com, and there you can find all of our information about our current shows, all of our past series. You can share those with friends and family. Um, We'd love for you to just go out there and share it. Share this series with people, because the only way we're going to get the word out and get more people involved, more people to know what's going on with the United Way and its 52 agencies is if we provide the information, if we give the stories, tell the stories. And that's really what we've tried to do in the first four installments of this series. Being a United Neighbor is what we've dubbed it. So now we're coming into this last this last installment, and we're going to finish it off. We've bookended it. We've got some great guests today. We've saved the best for last. And I'm going to start with Brandon, Brandon Parks, who is, I think, the Associate General Manager for IMG College. Is that correct? Correct. And that's um, really what you do, your day job. First of all, let me thank you for coming in. Thanks for thanks for having us. And, yes. and we certainly appreciate everything that you guys are doing from an awareness perspective yeah. for the United Way of Greater Knoxville. Well, thanks for saying that, Brandon. And, and Brandon works for IMG, IMG College, which is basically the keeper of the brand Ball Nation, University of Tennessee Athletics. You sort of are the, the the holder of the marketing and all that goes into the branding and messaging of the university. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, IMG is is the contract rights holder mm-hmm. for University of Tennessee Athletics, but we're known obviously locally as the Ball Network. Right, that's true. And you're a huge Tennessee fan. How 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 has that been for you? Just before we get into talking about the United Way, because. You grew up a Tennessee fan. I think I saw that you graduated from Carnes High School. So you've been in the area for a long time. You went to the University of Tennessee, right? Um, you were one of one of the, the people that started. I can see your career has really progressed amazingly. You started, you know, doing it with the Vol Network, selling ad space, I suppose. And now you've worked your way all the way up. Are you not? I mean, is this a dream job for you or what? Yeah, I joke with them. They've, they've not figured out in 17 years. I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, but it's worked out okay. But I, I did yeah. grow up in the Carnes community and uh, interesting story. My parents had encouraged me back when I was 16 years old. Hey, we could really use some help with some car insurance money. Mm-hmm. We see that J.C. Penney is hiring in the Simply for Sports department. How about getting a job during Christmas? And so I went out there. Well, at the time, this was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was having a ton of success on the football field. Mm-hmm. And so we sold the season highlights and documentary tapes from the Vol Network. Yeah. And so that's how I met those guys. And it, it, it's a great story when you talk to students and so forth. Never underestimate the relationships that mm-hmm. you can make and what potentially can happen. And I was a Coke vendor in Neyland Stadium growing up and up and down the rows in the south end zone no upper kidding. deck. And we'll look over there and see that Vol Network banner hanging and think, man, those guys have the coolest jobs in the world. Mm, and 17 years later, that's what I've been able to do with my career. Well, so. Glenn Thaxton, who I know very well as well at the Vol Network, 
Um, I love the story when he first started. His first year was 1998, I believe, or maybe it was the yeah the year we won the national championship. So he sort of set the bar high for himself, you know. And it was also John Ward's last year as well. So well, that's interesting. And, and before we move on um, to the next topic, which is which is an important one, um, tell me the necktie story um, with Bob Kessling and Lane Kiffin, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so Bob superstitious as he is one of the things that he does is he will have an orange tie mm-hmm. for every Tennessee football game and as long as Tennessee wins that game he will continue to wear that orange tie ah. um, and so in the mid-2000s um, I would always get Bob an orange tie for Christmas and and the Tennessee orange can sometimes be tough to capture so whenever I would find one out no matter the time of the year I'd purchase the tie and then give it to him for Christmas and so uh, I guess it was back uh, Phillips last year, moving into Lane's um, first and only year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd given Bob an orange tie for Christmas. He wore it for the Wyoming game in Knoxville, which mm. we lost. Mm. Uh, and so we go down into the locker room after the game, and Bob does this ceremonious taking off of the tie, throws it over in the trash can, and, and we're in a small room. There's five or six of us, and in my head I'm going – he wore that tie one time. So when, when nobody, when no one was looking, I went over, grabbed that tie out of the trash can mm-hmm. and took it back to the office. Well, the day that Lane was hired, I'd forgotten my tie that morning. So I just grabbed Bob's tie, mm-hmm. put on Bob's tie. And so we went over to the football stadium and we're cutting some one-liners and promos with Lane. Uh, and he said, Okay, I think I need to get changed for the press conference. And this was his introductory press conference. Mm-hmm. He brings out his suit and the tie that he had brought with him, which was an orange Texas burnt orange, Mm-mm. which you can't do. And yeah. so he looked at I me. Blame, I blame you. No, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he looked at me and said, "I need your tie." Mm-hmm. So I took that tie off, gave it to Lane. <laughs> And texted my wife, and I hope this is not a bad omen. That's He's wearing a tie that's already got a loss on it. <laughs> that's awesome. Plus, you wow. wear the garbage can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, well, let me tell you that that's a great story. I'd read that about your time um, since you started with the Ball Network, and I thought that was hilarious. Um, obviously, I don't believe in in omens. Hopefully, but. Um, Anyway, I know that the, one of the things that you are known for in the area, of course, uh, the Vol Network is one of them. But the other thing is the Young Leader Society, which is which is sort of a segment of the United Way of Greater Knoxville. You guys are are out there working very hard to create some momentum for the millennials. I love for you to talk, and we have Tyler here, and also Joe. We're going to get to those guys in just a few minutes, but talk to me a little bit about what the society is that you help co-found. Sure, absolutely. Well. And I think historically, my parents always taught me, we want you to be involved in something that you're giving back to the community. And that was something that my two brothers and I always mm-hmm. were raised with. And so you look around and there is a lot of incredible organizations where the, you can get plugged in and make a difference in this community. But the United Way always stood out because of, the, you mentioned, 52 partner agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it truly is, you hear it a lot, the greatest way to help the most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think about what, what you want to spend your time and, and some of the free time that you have um, to, to give back, for me, the United Way resonated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I got involved and joined the board, one of the things I think that through our strategic planning process that we discovered was we do a really good job with middle-aged and older people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a huge gap 
from a 21 to 45 year old. And in reality, that's the next generation of givers in our community. And, and I think as you look at young people and millennials specifically and how they give and the things they believe in philanthropically, it has to be something that they're invested in, not just their dollars, but they believe in mm-hmm. and they're connected to. And so out of that thought process came the launch of the Young Leader Society. So, so what's a young leader? Right now, it's anyone that's between the ages of 21 and 45 mm-hmm. who contribute to the annual campaign in any amount on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And that is the only requirement or stipulation. And then what we try to do is connect with these young people, invest in them with professional development, um, one-on-one interaction with with some of our – I think it's fascinating, the United Way, if you look at the snapshot of, of who is extremely involved on the board and who are the leadership givers, mm-hmm. they're all our business and community leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a tremendous endorsement for the United Way of Greater Knoxville. But our young people being able to connect with those individuals, mm-hmm. they normally don't have that opportunity. And that's one way that the United Way can invest in those younger people. Yeah. So it's got to be it's got to be more we believe with the young people of developing relationships with them, taking them on agency visits. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to become a believer in the United Way, go to a partner agency. Right. Um, and so we've tried to educate them. We're trying to develop them. We're trying to develop relationships with them because we believe planting those seeds now will be ten years, fifteen, twenty years down the road. We'll see the fruits of those labors. In this United Way of Greater Knoxville, which is incredibly successful now, mm-hmm. we can continue on that tradition. And th- that's one of the reasons that, that I'm heavily involved, and I believe in the Young Leader Society. We started with a group of 10 people four years ago. Mm-hmm. We have over 4,000 young leaders in this community now. That's amazing. And that's really what uh, you nailed it. And the people who we want to touch, obviously, we want to we try to encourage everyone but the fact is, and, and you and you really articulated this well, the people who are of the future, who are going to be the, the thriving force behind um, helping provide funding, volunteerism, all the things that we need to make the United Way continue to be what it is, they're going to be the folks that are of the generation that you're speaking about. And the thing I like about it, too, is that I'm still considered young in your mind. Because I'm, 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 I'm 41, so I still have four years left to be a part of this. I think that's amazing. Well, guys, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, we're having some great uh, conversations about the United Way, what it is that they do, and how we can help. We will be right back after these messages. Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking about the United Way. We just were speaking with Brandon Parks with the Vol Network, aka IMG College, and really interesting uh, conversation, and we want Brandon to stay a part of the conversation, but I am going to bring in Tyler Bolden, who is our next guest, 
um, who is also here with us in studio, who has been very important to my understanding of the United Way. I remember when um, I received the call about participating with the United Way, and certainly I was excited about it, but I did not have much information. We had already we had done the kickoffs throughout the years at Mortgage Investors Group where I worked. And we'd always talked about the United Way. So I understood a surface level, under, had a surface level understanding of it. And I understood what it is that the mission was. But until Tyler, I came in that afternoon with you and Mary, and I ended up being there for a lot longer than what I had <laughs> originally planned. Um, but you did a great job of communicating to me. Now, you're not uh, a lifer at the United Way. You no. obviously had a life. Talk to me. Tell me, first of all, I want to know a little bit about your background. Cause I know that you've been in banking, you've done some other things. Um, and then tell me a little bit about what you're doing here at the United way. Yeah. So I started in banking, um, almost 13 years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, getting older. Yeah. I was working for a community bank and in 2013, um, that was actually coincidentally Bob Kessling's, um, year as campaign chair. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be a loaned executive, um, and I'm sure you've talked about that program here, mm-hmm. but essentially a loaned executive is when local, uh, businesses loan employees to United Way to help us make the hundreds of business calls that we have to make. We're a staff of around 20 people, and we have around 700 company campaigns that we run around Knoxville. So we need all the help we can get. Um, so I was asked to be a loaned executive. Um, much like Brandon, I grew up in Knoxville my entire life. Um, had really no idea of the need that was going on in our town. Um, so through my uh, training uh, for loaned executives, I uh, got to know what United Way was and what they did. You know, up to that point, I recognized the brand and the logo, but really didn't understand how how deep it was in our community. Um, after that year as a loaned executive, um, I served on a few boards, some investment committees uh, for United Way. And then about a year and a half ago, nearly two years ago, I made the transition from banking to um working full-time at United Way. That's what I want to get to because you um, obviously, and I actually asked Bruton and Emily this, Emily, um, last week, and I wanted to ask you the same question because you guys, my experience thus far with everyone that's worked at the United Way has been that they're extremely talented. They're ex- you guys are extremely sharp and knowledgeable and understand business, and you guys could have done anything. I mean, you did do something. And the same thing I asked Bruton, same thing I asked Emily, Mary. I mean, you guys chose the United Way. And and maybe some of it was that the United Way chose you. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it was destiny. But talk to me about, because, you know, somebody either came to you or you approached United Way. I don't know the story, but talk to me about the decision, about transitioning from the private sector, sort of doing what you did into what is a fantastic organization. But you're going into a place where, you know, money is very, very limited and Mm -hmm. you have you have a heart for it. So talk a little bit about that. So when I was uh, first getting to know United Way, the thing that kind of uh, came to me was it's much like a mutual fund. So mm-hmm. we all have our um, our banker, our trusted banker. We have our trusted, uh, you know, lender, maybe mortgage investors group. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But who's your trusted philanthropic uh, advisor? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what United Way is. You put um, money into um, this fund called United Way, and you rely on experts, in our case, community volunteers, folks that are from Knoxville, maybe have came into Knoxville, have been here a long time and know what's going on, to invest that money. Um, 
that was a big draw to me. And the other thing was, is there are people who are wired to work at direct um, service agencies. Um, United Way, I feel like I had years of banking experience for a reason. Mm. So United Way is a unique position for me in that I can use the skills that I acquired in banking to help those agencies do the work they do. Right. And so um, those two things really led to my decision to do that. Yeah, that's great. I, I think, um, you know, Brandon, thinking about what your involvement is and seeing the involvement with Tyler, you devote a lot of time to the United Way. I mean, you're planning, you're you're talking about it, you're you're invested in it. And Tyler also, um, when you decided, because I didn't get the chance to ask you this question, I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back in a minute to Tyler, but when, when you look at all of the different charitable organizations that are out there, there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of agencies. What made you, and you sort of touched on it, but what, what made you choose the United way to be involved with, with them? It's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it starts with those partner agencies because mm-hmm. we all would like to support 52 agencies and they all have a great cause. And there's many other agencies in this community that maybe are not necessarily United way supported, but as an individual, you can't support everything. But what, what the United Way does is, is they allow my contribution to then be spread across all these agencies so that you feel like you truly are making a difference. And something that Tyler and I have become involved with, Big Brothers Big Sisters, which is run by Doug Coase and his team, um, two years ago they launched a program called Mentor 2.0, completely different program than their bigs uh, – that they've ran for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So the premise behind mentor 2.0 one had to have funding and the United way was a champion to help fund this program. But let me tell you what this program does. Mm -hmm. There are a group of students at South Doyle high school that have, have been identified as at risk of not making it to college. And so last year I signed up to basically have an email exchange with a student at South Doyle high school who then I go see once a month. And that is the level of interaction that we have. What's our goal? Our goal is to get these young people to college. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, that program specifically to me resonates because we're talking about 50 young people who have a lot of things going on in their life that maybe aren't their fault. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that maybe have have gone the wrong way for them that they, they, they had no control over. Well, without funding from the United Way and without a staff at Big Brother's, those 50 students may never make it to college. Mm-hmm. So you think about the impact compounded of those 50 students. And I, I, I have uh, my little brother there who, who I've gotten to know really well, and he has his challenges. But I've seen in a year and a half a change in attitude with him. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make his big brother proud, and he wants to be able to succeed, and he wants to go to college. We didn't have that kind of conversation a year and a half ago when I got there. He was trying to determine whether he's going to like me or not. Right. And, but I just, I, I use that. That's almost a most recent example of why do you do what you do? If you just look at the outcome, thanks to the funding of the United Way and the terrific agencies that are involved, that's why you do it. Yeah. Well, we have Joel here as well. We're going to talk to him in just a moment because I know he'll be able to share some great experience with us. And to your point, I think um, the big brother, big sister example is a perfect one because it sort of um, uh, tags along with the whole idea of the young leaders because you have young leaders, which we say starts at 21, 
and then we talk about big brothers, big sisters. Those are the those. That's the generation that is just leading up to that. So it, being able to be sort of a, a partner with them and help them know that hey, somebody cares. Somebody actually wants to be a part of your life. And you know, it's an unfortunate situation in our society that we've been put in, where we do have a lot of kids that may not have that father figure. They may not have that big brother you know, in their life and, and they need someone that can be there for them. And even if it's just listening, you don't have to like solve world hunger. And I think that's sort of what you're establishing. And that's a great example because out of the 52 agencies, I was able to go on um, several tours and I plan on doing several more, but for instance, just going to like the cerebral palsy center, for instance, you know, going in there and going back to their little porcelain store that they have, and seeing in their eyes the volunteers and, and just the, the excitement to, to be there, but feeling like they are, they're a part of something, feeling like they've actually been given a new life and, and, and a new meaning. And it's really encouraging. And then you transition over to the Salvation Army. There were another place I went mm-hmm. to. And you talk about the second floor where the domestic violence victims and their families are able to come. And this one particular story I talk about was the lady that had a family of four, and she's living in this room. But I could tell that they were happy and, and very grateful for the opportunity because if it was not for the Salvation Army and the United Way's great partnership with them, maybe she would not have had that chance. And so those are the stories. And I'm sure you've been on a lot of agency tours as well. Yeah, yeah and, and you, you hit on a very key point. There are a number of our young leaders who are participating in this Big Brothers program with Mentor 2.0. Mm-hmm. Part of the messaging from us as the United Way is, Yes, young people, 21 to 45, we're going to invest in you, and we're going to create opportunities for you to engage with people, but we're also going to ask you to pay it forward as well. And that's the way it works. And there's no better outcome or feeling than when you pull out of that high school after visiting with your little brother Mm. and know that you're truly making an impact in somebody's life. Absolutely. Joel has been patiently waiting over here, and I'm very excited to talk about Joel. He's been in the videos. He's well-known in the area, definitely the United Way. And we're going to be talking with Joel and Tyler and Brandon more right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. Thank you for joining us. Guys, don't forget, you can go to thehousinghour.com and check out our series. You can just click on the banner, go in, you can see, listen to all five of our shows that we've had in this series, uh, Being a United Neighbor. Uh, we'd love for you to share it with friends and family. Love for you to get the word out. Help us to spread the word. Uh, we're just excited to be a part of it. Um, Brandon and Tyler have both shared a little bit about their stories and about why they're involved with the United Way. And we're certainly not done with them. But I do want to bring in Joel Simmons, who is the counselor, community outreach. He does a little bit of everything for East Tennessee Technology Access Center. And um, before I even get to you, Joel, I got to tell you, you know, seeing the video that was created by Scripps Interactive and, and then learning more about what it is that you guys do. Um, and then, coincidentally, Bob Kessling talked about you on the show whenever he came in. 
studio a couple of shows ago. Um, I really admire what you guys are doing because, you know, this type of work is difficult. And I know that you have a heart for it. Joel, thank you for coming on the show, first of all. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Talk to me. Tell me a little bit about why um, you like the, well, why you like the United Way so much, but also talk to me just a little about what's on your heart. Well, you know, I came to it as unique. I came to United Way as a recipient mm. of one of these 52 agencies. I had an automobile accident in 2010, severed my spinal cord, and mm. found myself a quadriplegic. Like most people, if they have an injury like mine, you're probably going to have to go back to school to relearn a trade. I was going back to school, and I've never used Microsoft Office, any of these things, and um, I, I was lost. I, you know, I, I knew if I could get in school, I was doing some volunteer work with newly injured spinal cord patients at Patricia Neal, and I thought, you know what? I'm getting some satisfaction out of this. Um, got with a VR counselor, went back to school to get my master's degree in rehabilitation counseling. And, you know, just like if you're going to work on your car or any, any project, you have to have the right tools. Mm -hmm. And East Tennessee Technology Access Center uses technology to help people um, get through fences and around stuff. To, so I can run it. If anybody's heard of Dragon Naturally Speaking, you've seen the television come on. I can run my, I can run my telephone, my computer, everything via my voice. Mm -hmm. um, uh, different trackballs for the, the mouse and all. So I was blessed that we had that agency in uh, in Knoxville. And when I went back to school, I ended up doing my practicum there and then my internship. And I was actually the, in April of 2015, or we had a new executive director, and they were going to uh, give our presentation at United Way, and they asked me to be involved. So when Tyler said talking, he came from a banking background, how well it's managed, I can tell you from my end, um, they think of it as a pie. They got all of your donations, they put it all in the pie. And then groups come out and they try to tell you why we need a piece of this pie. What you know, and what we're doing to help people. And then the committees meet and you get X amount of the pie. But it doesn't end there. There's a constant check and balance for each bite of that pie we take. We have a report that we go back to United Way. So when you donate your money to United Way, it is accounted for and people are held accountable with the monies that they are given. It's, it is really well, well uh, organized. And I like that. You know, you, you, we've given you this money, but here, tell us each quarter, even more than that how you spend it, and make no mistake about it, they're doing great work, but United Way vets these uh, these organizations tremendously. Now, no matter what your affiliation with it is politically, it doesn't matter. You know, the fact is that government cannot solve all of our problems, mm -hmm. so we do need to have a private sector segment and help from people in business. You know, you mentioned um, Tyler being in banking, but the other people that are involved – you know, it because it takes a lot of people to make things happen. And, and your organization is a perfect example of that. I was reading a little bit about how you guys came about. And again, it was a group of people who saw the need and decided to start an organization because they saw that it was needed in the same way that when you had your accident, you know, you were probably for a mole. Well, I won't speak for, for you, but I'll ask you when you were there and you, you realized the situation that you were in 
and you realize the inability to walk and, and other things that there was going to be a huge void there and a huge need. Most people don't know where you go. Where do you go? Where do you even start? And especially if you're in a situation where maybe not in your case, but if you don't have the same, you know, family support and so forth. And is that kind of what you see as well? Oh yeah. It's it's amazing. There's people out there that don't know about the 52 organizations Right. Um, you know, it's great that they can call United Way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there again, information and education on what's available to you in any county. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the, the, the Tennessee, the University of Tennessee is here and we're the volunteers. And, and East Tennessee is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But you got to give them the information. You got to, you have to tell them. Um, we, as our name states, try to get technology to overcome things. But we have since started an after-school program, but it's not necessarily just for for kids. It's 14 to to all ages to try to get people with various disabilities to come in, and we're going to have like a community center. Mm. Our thing looks a lot like a summer camp. It has a learning component to it. Main thing, self-confidence for these people with disabilities, some inclusion, um, Brandon was talking about trying to reach these younger 21 to 45 spinal cord injuries make up a small group, but the, you know, the, the average age for a spinal cord injury is 16 to 30. Mm. So it, disabilities are something that it, we're not cold to it, but when it reaches out and touches you and yours, it makes a, a whole difference. And some of these young men and women, they are going to know somebody who's going to suffer an onset, uh, a disability at some point. And it's the same thing that both these gentlemen are saying. Once you get in and you go to an agency and you actually meet somebody and their family that's benefited, you're, you're never the same again. It touches you. Now, now there's also another component here as well, which um, you make some very good points. You have this other component, which is, you know, you all of a sudden are put in a situation where you yourself have a disability and and I think about, you know, the veterans out there, the veterans who served our country, they come back from a mission, they come back from a tour, you know, and maybe they have a disability as a result of their work. Now, the VA, it goes back. The VA can only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. They only have so much capacity. You guys have um, things that you can help veterans with as well. Maybe they lost a limb. Maybe they lost both their legs. Maybe they lost an, mm-hmm. an arm, whatever the case may be. You guys, you guys have a program for them. Oh yes, we yeah. Anybody with any disability, as well as their families and and uh, siblings, yeah. Where are you? Where do you want to go? What can we do to help you? Mm-hmm. And that could be all across, you know, uh, all across any of the fifty-two agencies. But again, do the veterans even know to come see us? Right. How, you know, it's. Uh, Thank you for an opportunity to get this out in, in mass media. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more boots on the ground, the more ears that hear this, the more hearts that'll get touched, and the more people will benefit from it. So, somebody comes to you guys, one of one of the people of need, and let's say they, they can't afford to purchase something, or mm-hmm. you know, they've maybe been denied their insurance is denied. You know mm-hmm. how insurance is; mm-hmm. they're like, well, no, that's that's not a need, or you know, whatever they decide. 
um, you guys may be able to help provide them with what they are looking for. We will service it. any any person that comes to us, regardless of their ability to pay. Right. That's where organizations like United Way come in. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a durable medical equipment department where mm-hmm. we have hospital beds, wheelchairs, walkers, rollators, bedside commodes, shower chairs. People donate these, and then we donate them right back out to the community. Mm. And through stuff, people again don't have insurance, or they don't have the insurance doesn't cover it. That's a that's a, a a part of our program that you know you got to leave the hospital, and you need a hospital bed and a wheelchair, mm. and you know you, you can't afford to go down to the cafeteria to eat dinner. It's nice to take that thought off their plate. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get it to you. And I think just speaking for myself, I don't always like asking for help when I have a need. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I think sometimes we're made up. I'll speak for myself. And sometimes I think that because you're a very personable person and you have, I can tell, good relationships with your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why you're in the role that you're in. You're a counselor outreach coordinator, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, 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 it common sense that came to me is. I, I did well with my injury. Fantastic family and 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 friends to 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 be my safety net. But a transfer of information from me as somebody with a pretty severe disability, it's absorbed better on the other end. So I try to plug in everywhere I can yeah. because I realize I'm in a unique spot. Yeah. You know, if I go to talk to a young man who's just you know, had a spinal cord injury and is told he's never going to walk, he can have the best doctors and nurses around, but when I come in and we start talking, they yeah. feel like, yeah, this guy gets it. No, that's great. Well, we're, we're going to continue this conversation, so I want to continue to talk with you guys. We have one last segment. We'll wrap things up, and we're going to talk more about the United Way, how you can give back right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour again, Kevin Ray. Thank you guys for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. We're talking about the United Way. We're talking about the campaign kickoff that just occurred not too long ago. And uh, the goal for this year is thirteen million four hundred and fifty dollars, I believe. If that's if, if I'm not four hundred and fifty thousand, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. That's a little <laughs> bit more. Um, and Ken Lowe, who is the CEO of Scripps Interactive, has done just a, a great job. You know, kicking things off the CEO summit. He did a tremendous job, and then also with the kickoff at Mine and Mill uh, a few weeks back, I guess a month ago or something like that. Really was very well done. And Ken, um, I have to give him an A plus so far. Uh, he's done a great job and it's all about communication and obviously that's their background. So I think that they do a, a really good job of, of helping to get the word out. The, the video that was created, you can check that out right on the United Way's website, which is uwgk.org. Go check it out. It's a great new website. All the resources that you want that and need are right there. And I love that about it because you can go up and look at the agencies. You can pull up any agency that they um, work with the 52 agencies, and you can find out what money's being given. You can find out more about anything that you'd like to know about. One of the things I think that's really cool about the United way is that they really focus on three key areas that those three key areas are important because there's more programs within these agencies than they actually fund, but there's a reason for that. 
So they focus on that because they focus on education. They focus on financial stability. And Tyler, what's the third one? Health. Health, which is very crucial. So those are the three things because and some somebody asked me just the other day about an, another program within one of the organizations and they said, yeah, I, I normally give to that program. Can I still give to the United Way and have it go to that program? And yes, there is a, there is that opportunity, but that's why I love the whole mutual fund. And when we had Randy Boyd on and also you two, you guys explaining it, you know, I need somebody, a professional, somebody who understands the charitable giving and how things work and they can designate, they can take the funds and put them where they're needed the most. So today we've had some great guests. We've had Brandon Parks with uh, Vol Network. We've also had Tyler Bolden, who's with the United Way of Greater Knoxville, as well as Joel Simmons, who is with the East Tennessee Technology Access Center. And um, Joel, I wanted to ask you in our remaining moments, Actually, what I'd like to do first is to go over here to Brandon and to Tyler. I want to end with you. I apologize, um, even though I'm sure you could knock any of the questions out of the park. But um, um, Tyler, when when you were listening to uh, Joel speak, do, does it help? Does you do you well up with pride? Because I mean that he's a, such a great representative of what you guys do. Yes. Yeah, so, like I said, I grew up in Knoxville. Um, had no idea at the depth of need. I like to use a phrase called we have 52 partner agencies right now. I call it the other 51. So everybody has an agency that they love and know and uh, mm-hmm. is out there in the community, but there are smaller agencies that fulfill needs that people have no idea exist. Mm-hmm. So Joel is a great example of that. And the ETAC is a great example. The other thing is we have a lot of uh, recipients of, of um, our agencies that utilize more than one agency. Mm. So we have data that shows that most people who utilize a United Way agency don't just utilize one. They utilize two, three, four. Mm, Because um, there are typically other circumstances that surround that immediate need. And so it's important to remember that. Um, uh, and though that need may fall into one of those three areas, one or more of those three areas. So, um, yeah, I love, I love to hear stories from folks like Joel who have uh, come through and, and utilize agencies and, and really um, – used our agencies for the intended purpose, what we do, what we love to do. That's such a good point. And, you know, example, the cerebral palsy center, I'm certain that they utilize the um, stuff that you guys um, have over at ETAC. I like that. I didn't realize that was what we call it. ETAC. I like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And also, um, Brandon, let me bring you in here. In that video, there's a young lady by the name of Diamond, I believe is her name. And, and just an amazing story, just, I mean, really represents herself well. And, you know, she gets emotional in the video and she's saying, look, I just want to thank, basically, I want to thank the United Way. They're helping giving, giving me a chance. I want to be financial, financially responsible. I want to be able to give back to my community. Is that not just exactly what it's all about? It is. And, and Joel hit, hit on something earlier um, that I thought about is it, the, the, the true impact of the agencies in the United Way when you feel it like Joel has mm. and his family has and the impact that makes. Mm-hmm. And I'm the sports guy in the room, and so lots of times I look at statistics and I yeah. think about sports-type symbolisms and things like that, that that can connect. What's fascinating about the United Way, through its 52 partner agencies, and Tyler's exactly right, there's a lot of people in this community that are getting help across multiple agencies. But what one of the things initially that that basically – presented this picture to me 
if you think about this, anyone that's going to see Tennessee play South Carolina at Neyland Stadium, mm-hmm. when you walk in that stadium on Saturday, you realize sold out at 102,455 people. Each one of those fans, when you walk in that stadium and look around, they represent a life that's affected by the United Way of Greater Knoxville and its 52 partner agencies. Mm-hmm. And so you take that, you let that sink in for just a minute, in a community of a little over 400,000 people, one in four Knoxvillians are touched by an agency in this community. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. And, and that is exactly what Joel's talking about. One life within a family unit probably been touched by a United Way partner agency. Oh, that's a good point. And, and that, that imagery in my mind, just seeing the stadium, I've been to hundreds of games, I would imagine. Well, I would say a bunch. Um, and, and that really represents it well. And, and thinking about that first you know, look, when you go, just think about that. That's a very good thing to think about, at least during the first half. For sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, um, that's such a good point, too. And Joel, you know, there's so many people impacted. And I think about I think about um, this story that I saw on the Internet and it's unrelated to the United Way, but it was a young man who had cerebral palsy and he was using his wheelchair to try to get from one side of the city to the other side. And he had just, you know, he, he, he had an incredibly difficult time getting because he was in a wheelchair and he had um you know a handicap just trying to get from point a to point b to point c and it wasn't because he wasn't smart enough it wasn't because he wasn't you know intelligent and and he had a, a plan it was just because there was not the right accessibility he didn't have the right equipment there were so many obstacles in his way but yet he still was able to get it's like what inky johnson says you know there's always going to be there's always going to be roadblocks in the way. There's always going to be there's always going to be things that are going to keep you from getting to where you're going. But just like when your mom takes you to school, she doesn't allow that to keep her from getting you to the school. You go around it, you go to a detour, and really you guys end up being the people that are paving the concrete to help people get to where they're going. I, I was in school at Middle Tennessee State in 79, and I met a gentleman with cerebral palsy, and he was very instrumental in getting just the curb cutouts. Mm. You don't think about these things till till you're in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't care about them, right? Um, you know, but disabilities, uh, it's non-discriminatory, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're making six figures a year or if you're making a poverty line. When when you if you have an onset or you have a child born with it, you know, even if it's just to reach out for information, we have people come to ETAC that can afford to buy stuff. They need. Tell me what to do. Where do we go from here? Whether you're, like I said, you're making twenty grand a year or a hundred thousand grand a year, you're going to need help when something like this comes up. Maybe not financially. It's great to know that you got somebody like United Way if you do, mm-hmm. but you're still going to need these agencies because these agencies use this money to stay up to speed on how they can help. Whether you're at the CP Center or whether you're over at, at, at ETAC, wherever you're at, these people, it's, it's a continuing game. We don't. We didn't just you know stop off. It's constantly trying to find out what's the latest, what's the newest. Mm-hmm. How can we help? And it's great to know that the United Way funds fifty-two organizations that can do just that. When you find yourself faced with this, that's awesome. And Tyler, why don't you close us out? Tell me how people can get in touch with the United Way. You mentioned a website a moment ago. Give us a couple of pieces of contact information for people. Yeah, if you're interested in learning more about 
awesome agencies like ETAC and the other 51 that we have, you can go to uwgk.org. Um, if you're interested in becoming a young leader or uh, just want more information on that, you can actually send an email to um, youngleaders at unitedwaynox.org. Okay, that's great. Well, that is great information. And uh, for me, at least I know that I've been inspired to be a part, more of a part of the United Way. And it was all based upon somebody reaching out to me and saying, hey, would you mind being a part of this? And so I would encourage for people that are listening, people who are uh, have listened to some of the other shows, to, to reach out to someone that you know and say, hey, listen to this show. Listen to what it is that Joel said. Listen to what it is that Claudia said. Listen to what it is that Rebecca said, the people who have represented the agencies that we've had on the show. And I know, I know this for a fact that you know someone that who has been touched by each of these agencies. And it would just be a very great thing to get out there and spread the word. So on behalf of Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive director, Adam, our producer, Mortgage Investors Group, our sponsor, we want to thank you for participating with this United Way series. And we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.